one. Let's start, Sean. <laughs> All right, here we Someone's go. Someone's got to keep up with him. Shit. Three, two, one. Hey, greetings, everybody. Welcome to another hey, episode start of over, the start Stare over, Down. Start over. I was coughing. Right. Good luck to you in the middle of your three, two, one. <laughs> here we go in three, two, one. Hey, greetings, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Stare Down, our weekly sports talk and real estate podcast amongst friends from around the country. <clears throat> I'm Sean Carpenter in Columbus, Ohio. We got Bill Risser in St. Pete. We got Tom Meininger in Coming, Georgia, and Anthony Alafronte across the bay in Tampa. What's up, boys? It's Monday night. Let's do a quick show tonight because we got things to do as we head into the last couple days of March and into quarter number two. Bill, you just got off the phone with Australia. How's life? Life is good, but we're headed into quarter number four, according to Australia. But they ah, that's also, right. and they also do dates wrong. Like I put something down today that was going to happen on April second, and they go, "Why is it set for February 4th? Because mm. you know you got the wrong yeah so you got to put the oh they do month, the day month yeah day month yeah it's a little bit different in Australia but no things are uh, yeah fourth quarter's coming up our fiscal year and all that good stuff is happening going to be a lot of fun but it was a, it's a, been a wonderful a wonderful weekend here in the, the the Sunshine State it was hot it was in the mid eighties and a little bit steamy a little taste of summer early but then today. I don't know, Anthony, if you got any, but we got a solid hour and a half of rain today. Just kind of popped up out of nowhere. One of those pop-up thunderstorms. It was beautiful. A lot of rain falling. And I was inside working, so it made me, you know, be, be happy to be inside working. Um, so that uh, that's that was my weekend. Um, and, 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 and this is my favorite week. I'm going to say it in advance. We got, we, got, we got March Madness. We got all this golf, right? And then there's hockey and there's basketball and Major League Baseball opening day on Thursday. Probably one of my favorite days of the year. So, yes. Todd. Todd, how about you? Hey, really solid weekend. Um, you guys uh, talk about golfing and your struggles. Uh, I don't know if I admit this, but I have not won a tennis match in a very, very long time. Been playing well, uh, but for one reason or another, just couldn't get over the hump. Um, Bill, just to let you know, since COVID came around, there are no more third sets. They do a third set tiebreaker to determine the match. So the implication of that, uh, it, it takes a it takes a little of the skill out. You can get on a roll in a tiebreaker. Anyway, long story short, uh, won a tennis match uh, on Saturday. Um, went to see my daughter uh, play uh, Saturday afternoon, and um, then watched uh, a lot of golf and, and basketball on, on Sunday. So. Um, just a great weekend and um, started off. I forgot I was, I, I, uh, Sean, I missed part of lost lyrics because it was Friday night lacrosse uh, again. It was awesome. And I got another, uh, he's got another one this Friday. So um, yeah, life's good, man. Life's good. Nice. Al, how about you, bud? Uh, it was, uh, as Bill mentioned, a gorgeous weekend here. Mm. Uh, I spent most of the day on Saturday touring Tampa Bay with clients who are in from Colorado. Uh, and uh, the inventory situation has has really turned, uh, for lack of a better word, it's turned ugly. Uh, we had uh, multiple, we saw seven houses from Temple Terrace to Dunedin. We literally traveled the entire bay um, on, on Saturday. And these are not inexpensive homes. And every home that we went to, there were three, four, five or more people waiting to get in to see them. Uh, Just groups waiting to go in, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and very honestly, some of them are not in the best of condition. Uh, they're not in the best shape and people are being forced. Sellers to are getting lucky. Yeah. Sellers are getting real lucky. Difficult decisions, but uh, play golf on Sunday. Um, there is a $375 professionally fitted Scotty Cameron putter that will be going on eBay. If anybody wants it, give me a call. <laughs> <laughs> Better that than the lake, right now? Better that than a lake. I came pretty close to throwing it in the lake God, the That's other day. Awesome. But I didn't. I thought some poor sucker will buy this thing and I'll just go. I'm going to go to the $75 old faithful. Um, but then Sunday afternoon, uh, I took my clients. We had three houses to see. And the first one we went to see was a past client of mine who was thinking about selling his home. And uh, he said, if you can get me the price that I want, I will sell it. Um, the folks from Colorado walked. We drove the neighborhood, which is a beautiful neighborhood in Odessa, one and a half to four acre lots. They walked into the house and fell in love. Um, their children are their dogs. They have a beautiful backyard at this house. And uh, we were able to put a deal together um, with, with uh, all parties being incredibly happy. And um, we have a 15-day inspection period, Sean. We have, I haven't had wow. one of those since October. Wow. 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 We have plenty of time. Uh, the sellers are ecstatic that, that, that only one couple had to walk through their house and they got exactly what they wanted. The buyers are even more ecstatic. Uh, Floyd said to me um, as he was getting this, the buyer, as he was getting on the plane to head back to uh, Colorado, he called me and he said, this is real, right? I said, yeah, it is, brother. It's uh, he, goes, he goes, that is the perfect house for us. And there's nothing that makes my heart feel better about what I do for a living than to hear that. So was, yeah, that's awesome. Hey, Anthony. Great way to end the weekend. Is this the one we talked about in the parking lot as, as we were both leaving out of there? You said I might have this taken care of already. Yes. Wow. That's yep. great. Congratulations. Yeah, and listen, I, I think when you earn the trust of both sides, that they both know that I don't need to keep looking and we don't need to put it out in the open market. It just, you know, I mean, yep. at, at some point, the greed is going to end up costing a lot of sellers in today's market. Yep. Um, instead of just taking the, the, the deal that's going to close, hoping to get maybe a deal that might close. Um, you know, just while we're talking about real estate, listen to this about an hour ago, the seller called me and he said, he's got a Genarc, uh, whole house generator for his house. And he said, I had to go put a, a certain kind of switch on it. And he told me what it was. And I don't know what it is. I really don't. But the, 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 the whole house generator doesn't have the proper turnoff switch. So he went to, he called Genark and said, I got to get this done before I sell my house. He knows how to like Jimmy it, but he wants to give it to these people in the, in the, the right way. Well, in order for Genark to do that, they have to pull electrical permits. Long story short, that would put us past our closing date. And the seller said, you know what? We're going to just take it offline and we're going to put something together that says after this house closes, I'm going to make sure that the house that I no longer own gets what it needs. So this, these new people will have what they need in their home, which just, again, I mean, they, they we sat around the, the, the table outside on the patio, uh, two couples and me, and they did all of the talking and I just, I just moved things around a little bit. They became friends 
fairly quickly. And to my seller's credit, he wants to do the right thing by these buyers every step of the way, even That's after awesome. it's pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. There's man. still a lot of good people out there. Cool. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're right. Hey, listen, uh, Friday, I, I started the weekend with a little golf with my brother. Uh, had a nice uh, round of golf with a couple guys. Uh, one that I played with before at the club and then one I'd never met. We're on the 14th hole. Now, I'm not sure if I said this on Lost Lyrics, but we're on the 14th hole and I'm looking at this guy and I say, what did you, what did you say your name was again? He says his name and I say, and you're from Cleveland, right? And I go, is there any chance you're, you're the son of Bob Miller played at Avon Oaks Country Club? He goes, yeah, it's my dad. I go, went to Notre Dame? He goes, yeah, how'd you know where my dad went to school? And I go, I used to be an assistant pro at that club. And, and he's like, oh my God, I think I, you know, you were, you were there when I was doing the junior program. It was just one of those like small world things. We just had such a good time. And then on uh, Friday night, I told you guys, uh, we took my mom, our, we call her Nana, um, out to the faculty club at Ohio State University where she's stayed, she's kept dad's membership since dad passed away, 21 years. She keeps paying the dues. She goes there like twice a year and she's just like, you know, it's part of dad, you know, That's cool. and they had a burger night. And uh, she's got her vaccines and Ron and I both got our first ones. And so she's like, you know, I know you guys are a little more comfortable, but now that I got mine, I want to go out and can we go out to this burger night? And we made reservations and it was, uh, you know, you walk in and on Easter brunch and on Santa brunch and stuff like that. It's, you know, wall to wall people. And you walk into the ballroom, there's like 12 tables, all like 20 feet apart. And we sat right in the middle and gosh, she had so much fun. She had a beer, she had a burger, she took part of her burger home. Um, I'm sure you probably remember that with your mom, you know, taking, taking the meal home was like, she she plans out like her, her meals out so she can have a meal the next day. And we had so much fun. And, uh, and then Saturday was a, was a fun day. I showed some houses and, uh, Sunday I played again with my brother, rainy day. Um, we get to the course, we had the third tee time. Of course we show up, it's still raining. It's cold. Um, there was a threesome out front. There was a twosome in front of us. We played as a threesome. The starter said every other tea time is canceled till 11 o'clock. So literally at one point we were the only eight people on the course and the twosome in front of us dropped out after eight. So it kind of comes back to the clubhouse and we stayed on the course, played in two and a half hours, played just a beautiful round of golf. Rain, it rained maybe four holes and then it stopped. Umbrellas were put away. Now I told you as, as bad of a putting day as you had, I had nine one putts. Um, and, and two of those were tap-ins. And the other seven were at least eight feet or more. Um, so I, I had some good, good, good par saves. I had a, about a 30 foot bomb birdie, um, you know, that you weren't expecting to go in. Um, so early, you know, still not playing great early, a couple rounds in, but um, nice to, nice to have the, the flat blade working. Um, take it when you can get it, no matter what time of the year, right? Yep. That is the truth, my friend. And then we obviously watch little, little golf. So let's, uh, let's talk sports guys. Let's, let's, uh, let's, let's focus on NCAA basketball and golf, mainly two uh, tournaments with 64 players, 68 in basketball. Um, I wonder when they'll start doing the play in golf, uh, bringing in the four, the four, the four worst golfers to get in the, the 68, but um, we're in the elite eight guys right now. Houston is playing Oregon state as we record this. Um, uh, Baylor plays Arkansas later tonight. Two tickets for the final four will be punched. And then tomorrow you got number one seed Gonzaga playing USC and another team, UCLA, uh, playing Michigan. Um, Bill, I'll start with you. Uh, Sweet 16 was started the last two nights. Any games stand out to you among the ones that earned us to where we're at now? 
um, or any team, any any action, any shot, any. Well, I, it's been fun watching. You know, so you live in California, you got to pick either UCLA or USC, right? You don't like both, and it's easy in San Diego to hate both because they're both in LA. And if you're in San Diego, you hate LA. But for whatever reason, at a young age, I fell in love with UCLA. Just loved the colors, okay. whatever it was of this of the uh, school. So I was uh, always Wooden was there been, when you were a kid, right? Yeah, I've always been a UCLA fan. So. Uh, to see them win the play-in game to boot and then be one of those teams that are trying to make it right to the final yeah. four uh, from the play-in game is pretty cool. And now I, uh, Michigan is going to be tough, but that's the game that had most of my attention was uh, UCLA, um, um, Alabama. Alabama. Yeah. And listening, uh, you know, on the, th- on the threads, listening to the sec guys, you know, bitch about their Alabama and, <laughs> Sean, <laughs> while uh, while UCLA, you know, um, just in, in my opinion, just kind of gave away this, you know, but with but not scoring. You hear all the time how important it is the first five minutes of the second half of a college basketball game. It's critical yeah. for the success. And Alabama went eleven zero, tied the game up like at forty forty, <laughs> and in like four U- minutes, yeah, in four minutes, and USC ends up scoring twenty five points in the second half. Now, fortunately, they scored 23 in overtime <laughs> so, right. in five minutes. So they made up for that five minutes where they scored nothing. So in my mind, I like to like play with that and go, yeah, they should have won the game because they should have scored at least 15 or 20 points in the first five minutes. Yeah. Uh, so for me, that was- Or if Alabama, if Alabama yeah. makes three of their 14 free throws they missed, oh. they don't even have to go to overtime, right? Oh, yeah. I forgot about that part. Um, bad free throw shooting. Wow. Yeah. I always think about Bayheim's teams, right? Back in the day, Anthony Wright, Syracuse was horrible from the free throw line. Just couldn't make anything. Um, so from, for, for this weekend, uh, because I spent a lot of time watching golf, um, both kinds of golf, whether it was match play or Punta Cana down in Dominican yeah. Republic. Um, uh, I, I, that was the game that had my attention. Yeah. Todd, how about you? Which game stood out to you? Any, any of the teams that, Kind of jumped off the page. So no single game jumped off the page for me. Uh, what uh, jumps off the page, and I think we talked about it in, in text, um, seven of the eight teams are west of the Mississippi River for the elite. <laughs> yeah. So West Coast biased, right? We're always talking about mm-hmm. biased. Um, when Michigan is the easternmost team, um, that's wild. I mean – no, uh, no Big East teams, no ACC teams, no SEC teams. Um, so, Arkansas is still in. That's right. Yep, they are uh, West of Mississippi. Are correct. So yeah, but anyway, that's you know just interesting how the West Coast uh, is is dominating. Um, love that UCLA 11 seed. The playing game is in the Elite Eight. That's just fun. Um, love that the crosstown rivals UCLA and USC are can meet up down the road. Right. So um, yeah, just. Different. Usually, you have uh, uh, you know a lot of Northeast representation, and uh, we're we're mainly out west. So that's that's the thing that stands out the most to me. Mal, what are you? Uh, I mean, I saw the evening games, but the one game that was just way too much fun to watch was Arkansas and Oral Roberts. <laughs> that was just a great basketball game. It was so much fun to watch. It you know, and it came down to. Uh, that last play, uh, they got the ball in, and the kid had a good look at it, and it just he did. Off the rim. He had a really good look at it. And he put a really good 
He put a really good stroke on it, and it just was just a little bit too hard. But Oral Roberts, they 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 held themselves in great esteem. They they played exceptionally well. They just ran out of players. They ran out of legs. Arkansas was running seven or eight people at him, and they really played the entire game with six. And it just got – I mean, with five minutes left, they were still up, and they were up 12 points in the second half. And they just kind of ran out of speed. But that was a really fun game to watch. Sean, who's that guard? Um, I can't pronounce his name, but we're all – Max Axmus. Yeah. Yeah, he's – we'll probably see him, right, uh, in the next Yeah, level. you know, it's going to be – we were talking on the golf course, Todd. Um, Shane was brought up the fact that, you know, with the COVID – NCAA has given all players basically a free entry into the transfer portal. Um, and, and he's wondering if this cut, if this kid might say like, Hey, let me, let me call Duke or North Carolina or, you know, a big school and say, you want me for one year? Because I'd love to see what I can do against the big teams. Um, you know, what's funny is, is, is they finished fourth in their conference mm. yet. They, they, they took Ohio state down. They took Florida down. They, they should have took all, Arkansas down. Probably yeah. took Arkansas down. And maybe I said, maybe it's because, you know, the teams in the conference can practice for him and not have that, you know, next man up, you know, Florida had to practice, you know, on one game, you know, they had one day off after their Virginia tech win. Um, interesting, but he's fun to watch and he, the kid can shoot from anywhere. And here's the thing about him. I love his approach because he can shoot, you know, they call him mid court max. I think is his nickname. So he's got depth, but if he takes it to the hole, He's got such great speed. And then if he gets fouled, he shoots 90% from the line. So he's pretty much going to get two points or three points no matter where he goes. And then if he doesn't get a shot, that that O'Banner kid, um, pretty solid. So I think I think that's a ORU, Mal, good call there. Good team and probably underseeded at 15. Just like they said, uh, Loyola Chicago was overseeded at eight. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, the, oh, the Oregon State – Loyola game was hard to watch. That first game of the weekend was just a just a death match, um, you know, of of activity. Uh, I, I'll tell you the team that, that really caught my eye, and I, I just USC's got athletes, and I, but Gonzaga's just hitting on all cylinders. They just are so smooth. Every guy there knows their role. Every guy on the team can go inside or outside. That Timmy guy, I mean, it's kind of funny when he, you know, he 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 sometimes gets the rebound. And then feeds the ball in, and then he start he starts the play. He kind of gets the ball to the top of the key, and then starts the, the rotation. Um, really going to be fun to watch, and obviously that's probably CBS's ticket, Todd, as you mentioned, with no East Coast teams. Um, the story now becomes Gonzaga. Can they get perfection right? Um, and they, for some reason, get knocked out. Um, you know, th- that could be interesting to see. Um, UCLA. Mm-hmm. It's funny, Mick Cronin. You know, yeah. two things I want to talk about, Bill. You mentioned it earlier, but the Alabama USC game, or I'm sorry, the, the UCLA Alabama game, the design of that play at the end by the coach of Alabama, Oates, knowing that as soon as they got across the timeline, they were going to get fouled. He got to the about four three feet from the line with two guys on him, both ready to foul him. He cut left and passed to the open guy at the top of the key for the wide open shot. And the guy knew he made it as soon as he let go. I mean, he posed. Um, that was a great, great design play. And then, Mal, you mentioned that the, the play with 2.7 seconds left by Oral Roberts to get the guy off a double pick, running backwards, and then up down the sideline for, you know, for a guy that can shoot like that. Two well-designed plays, you know, 
give those coaches a lot of, you know, they have a minute and a half to come up with a play, a lot that they probably haven't practiced, but that, you know, almost came back to bite USC or you, I'm sorry, UCLA with not fouling, but you can't foul them in the backcourt, you know, cause then there's no time off the clock and could be knocked down two points. And now it's a one point game and that changes everything. So. You think about it, right? Coaching still matters in college basketball, not so much in the pros, the NBA. I mean, coaches matter. It's not like they don't matter at all, but, but when you have, or Roberts playing five guys and the next guy off the bench had like eight minutes or 11 minutes against Arkansas, which has got six or seven guys deep. There's a lot of coaching that's going on there, right? There's a lot of, of play design. There's a lot of uh, keeping the momentum going. There's a lot of, uh, uh, there's a, there's a lot more skill in coaching a, a college team than I think it gets credit for. And you think about, all of the great coaches that have coached throughout the years, a relatively small number of their players have made it into the NBA. They're all doing other things. So yeah. that's a coaching matters in, in the NBA. That's one of the things that's great about this tournament, the one and done thing, the coaches, those kids at Oral Roberts. I mean, they walked off the, the, the court a little bit down, but they held their heads up high. I mean, they did an amazing thing for the last two weeks. That was pretty yeah, cool. Yeah. You know, Mal, the March Madness is a is is a great metaphor for the real estate market we're in right now, right? Yeah. I mean, there's there's 68 teams that did everything they could all season to make it to the dance, and 67 leave a loser. And yeah. our real estate market, you know, there's 20 offers on a property, one wins, 19 yeah. lose. Mm-hmm. And yeah. those those same 19 that offered on house number A, 20 more were offering on house number B. So 38 now are back into the buyer pool uh, to try again. So. Um, Fun time of year, but it, it is Todd. You're right. It's a it's a weird tournament with the West Coast. You know, a lot of it, a lot of the East Coast fans are like, I don't really know about these teams. Don't really have any interest. Don't don't care. And it kind of is like, a, and now you see how the West Coast feels when it's all East Coast teams. You know, right. Um, so it, it does kind of spill that up. Um, by the way, in the women's women's, I've just I, I refreshed my ESPN feed uh, right now. Baylor, number two seed, playing UConn in the Elite Eight. On the women's side, uh, Baylor up by nine right now mm, in the wow. third. So could be a could be a repeat. I think it's happened one time where the men's and women's, I believe it was UConn, uh, won the men's and women's tournament same year. Um, Baylor looking to stay alive as a chance to possibly get the the one two rematch. Obviously, last night's game uh, with Bama losing, Todd um, kept Alabama from repeating what Florida is the only team to, to have ever done, and that's when football and basketball in the same calendar year um so while i was rooting for alabama that was one little thing about the the loss that that made me happy is that florida stays alive on that um <laughs> let's go to you, golf. You, you and the miami dolphins of 1972 it's great i, 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 drank champagne. <laughs> I didn't drink champagne i popped some ipas last night yeah. nice nice um, golf more than, um, more than one <laughs> golf That's was fun this weekend and it, i love that austin country club course i don't Bill, do you like watching? I think that course is so cool. Yeah. First of all, I have no idea that Austin has so much elevation. Oh, it's in the uh, hill country, dude. It's what the, the hill country of Texas is Austin. Yeah. 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 But, so I mean, you can see it from the, from the photos of the course, the yep. bridge, you know, yep. and, the, and the, and the houses on the, on the other side. Yep. Um, you had a couple of Texas kids playing really well, right? Scheffler and, yeah. and uh, Jordan Spieth. That's 17 hole. In it. That little part three. Little tiny part with, with the wires going across. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, that's well, and the whole back nine's got some cool holes 17 or 13, yep. the drivable par four. Um, you know, let's talk about the final four came down to Horschel defeating Scheffler and Kucher defeating young Frenchman, uh, Victor Perez. Perez, um, yep. yeah, so would that be Perez with a French? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so I, you know, Horschel was just a you know, he played great this week. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun to watch him. Cause you know, isn't, um, Horschel has had a reputation in the old days about being a hothead, right? Little got a yeah. little hot under the collar and he's, uh, he's really calmed down on that a lot. I think he's kind of, you know, just, uh, whatever that calm is has to help. I think in the game of golf, I, you know, it's, uh, I think the trust in his caddy, he's yeah. got a, he's got a relationship with his caddy a lot like Greller and speed. He likes go. to talk a lot. Yeah. Um, and it's great TV. Uh, right. for us golfers, I love to hear the insights too. Should I hook it? Should I draw it? Should I play another shot? You know, and I'm thinking, like, Jesus, to have that many options on a golf <laughs> three inches below your feet on the hillside of a bunker yeah. in the number nine was pretty cool, right? And and to keep his to keep his calm on uh, 16, right? Where he he really has got like the match in the hand. It's almost it should be over on 16, right? Because uh, all he's got to do is, <clears throat> you know, knock it up there and get a par. And there's every chance that pulls in the bunker, <laughs> blows it over, yeah, pulls it left long in the trap. Unbelievable. But he held it together and knocked it within two inches, tapped in for his par, moved on and took care of business on 17. So uh, that was that was a lot of good for him. I mean, it's, and I didn't realize um, that was his first WGC. I thought I knew he had the FedEx. I thought he had one in there somewhere, but no, that's uh, good for him. And, I and think uh, it's, go Gators. Sorry. Yes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I think it's well documented um, that life slapped him in the face, you know, three, four five years ago. So maybe, you know, maybe perspective kind of yeah. um, it's just golf. Right. And uh, all's well that ends well. I think everything's fine. But um, yeah, uh, I was glad to see him do well. I will say this. And you guys are much more avid golfers than I am. Um, the first couple rounds there's a lot of action a lot of guys on the course on sunday um horschel and and scotty they just play slow they play yes. slow and so if, if you're the casual golf fan which i'm not I, i'm more of a golf fan than i'm a golfer but i could see someone just being like god this is just hard to watch right because those guys just turtles it was a perfect example todd of why you can't everyone's like one of the majors should be match play that's why it's not because yeah. no one would watch or they'd watch like a, a NASCAR race. They'd watch the last five laps. Um, it just right. does that warm up routine now where he puts his left foot back and his right foot forward and does yep. with a waggle. Then he switches left foot forward, right foot back, lines up, does left foot forward, right foot back again, lines up, wag waggles twice. And then Shuffler, I think Azinger said it at some point on Sunday, he goes, how does this guy even stand up after a swing? He's he's got the worst balance ever. His feet are going everywhere, Mal. I don't know if you like ever watch his swing, but yeah. that left foot goes forward, the right foot goes backwards. Um, but he's a great. Is, he the, is he the oldest twenty four year old looking guy you've ever seen? <laughs> I would I put him at forty. Not that he looks yeah. wrinkled. He just looks like a grown man, and he's twenty four. It's crazy, yeah. right? I said I said that the first time we. We saw him at the, it was at the PGA somewhere at Harding Park. Yeah. I went, that dude's like 24. Park. He's my How's son's, my son's four years older than him. Are you kidding me? <laughs> right. Yeah. And um, 
he's a Texas grad. Obviously, there were a lot of people there rooting for him. He beat three match play champions and two players in the top 10 to get to the championship match. And it was kind of hard watching him play that championship match because he, he clearly ran out of gas a little bit. Yeah, he was, I mean, he was pulling shots, you know, usually the, you know, the, 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 and then, and then his, his drive on, uh, what was it, 17 or 16, it was super far right, you know, yeah. Um, one, one cool moment among the, you know, there was many, but how about Sergio walking off with a hole in one in match play? Did you see that? <laughs> That's yeah. great. Sergio played Lee Westwood. They went to the fourth playoff hole as par three. Westwood hits it like eight feet, nine feet away, and Sergio dunks it for a hole-in-one to win the match. Um, you know, pretty cool. What are you going to do, right? Yeah, exactly. And then, Bill, you mentioned you shared it with us today, uh, the Punta Cana tournament, which Ooh. is not the not the sidebar show, but it was, you know, the guys that didn't qualify for the top 64. When, when, you, um, see, when you see Ratif Goosen, Graham McDowell, um, who else was it? <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of older, older. It was an alternate tournament, but Joel Damon, uh, who's who's buddies with Mark Hubbard and with Max Homa, and mm-hmm. kind of that next level of guys that we just don't see a lot of until we start seeing a lot of them. Yeah, uh, it was kind of like the Justin Rose and Jordan Spieths and the Justin Thomases before they became where they're at. Um, Joel Damon wins a couple things. Obviously, the the end you probably saw his hat blow off his famous bucket hat. Yep. It blew off and almost went in the ocean. His caddy jumped down and got it. Um, but Bill, you shared with us that you want to talk about the thing you shared with us. Yeah, his, it was, um, first of all, there's, there's a protocol to when you win a tournament to, and I was, I'm, I'm watching with Cindy and I go, and by the way, the degenerate in me was watching because I had Joel Damon in our fantasy pool. And I was the only guy that had Joel Damon out of 28 teams because, you know, you, you had him to win or just I on, had your, him, on your team? Well, I had him on my four person team and, you know, you, you, you mix up other people on your teams, right? So, I mean, it's uh, some guy can have the same team as mine. It happens. You have an alternate and that's a tiebreaker, but I'm the only guy that took Joel Damon. And when your guy is the only guy and he wins, it's a you pay 50, attention. 50 point bonus. So I won Ooh. the week because Damon won. <laughs> so, nice. so I had a, I had a vested interest in Joel Damon and his caddy Gino. And, you know, it turns out those guys grew up together. Um, and there's a certain protocol that happens when you win, you get excited, you know, you shake your fist, you, pump, you shake the hand of the opponent, you shake the hand of the other caddy, and then you and your caddy embrace. These two guys were so fired up for his first win, right? Just how, how important a moment it was for the two of them. If you watch the the right replay, you can see the caddy just lets go of the flag. It splits the other two guys. It goes right between <laughs> Campos and his caddy, and they just kind of let it fall. They're hugging and crying, and then eventually Damon gets his senses back, goes over and, and, and shakes the hand of uh, the of Campos. But by the time this happens, the wife comes running out, and she's part with of a beer in her hand. It was so it was so exciting, and uh, so yeah, his his story. You know, he was uh, it was just a heartfelt post round press conference where he talked about the importance of his wife and, and what she did and working two jobs and letting him pursue his career as, you know, this dream. And it's just a wonderful story of a journeyman who, you know, after five years, and it was funny. I always, I, I think it's caddy, his best friend for years. Right. Yeah. And you think of the sponsors, right? Cause you know, a guy like that probably had sponsors at home, a couple of guys at the club, a couple of the guys with some money who fronted him some living expenses or whatever to make it work. And uh, that everyone on that team is just having this amazing experience. Rich Beam was the same way when he won that 
that major. And it's just super cool to see it. And it was, a, so if you see it on, if you can hit to head to Twitter, just find, um, just look for Joel Damon. Uh, you'll find him. Yeah. So it's so yeah, genuine too. The yeah. two things that stood out, Bill, uh, you mentioned, um, he first of all, he said, my wife, again, she took yeah. two jobs, like in grind. Right. Yeah. And then he said, uh, his buddy Gino, he's like, he came and made the bag. He had an eight month old baby and his wife said, go. He goes, what wife does that? Is what he said. He goes, what wife does that? He had an eight. <laughs> Yeah, go you know go chase your dreams. So. That's on the web. That was yeah, that's cool That was web.com tour, Caddy. That was yeah, that was PGA back tour. in the grinding days, right? Yeah, yeah not PGA tour stuff. It makes right? you pull yeah. for the Damons and the and the and the and the homas to be the next Morikawa, to be the next Justin Thomas, to be the next you know the guy that all of a sudden starts winning four or five, and you're like, God, I remember when he was like so excited to win his first, you know? Yeah. Um. So, great, yeah, great me. story. Um, a lot of cool things. So now we have a. Where do they go this week before Valero, to- the Valero, Texas? Valero, That's right, the Texas. So going to be interesting to see which guys play to try and get some mojo, which guys sit out. Um, DJ you know, uh, withdrew today. He's yeah, not DJ playing. Withdrew. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's a pretty good field. It's not stacked, but there's some some good guys. Um, the is, ladies is, have a major uh, this week. John. Jordan playing. In, uh, inspiration, right? Yes, that's the right. Old, that's the old dinosaur, dinosaur, right? right? The old dinosaur. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The jump so, in the pond when you win tournament. The, the new, the new freshly uh, disinfected bit pond they built. Did you notice that? Like they don't jump mm-hmm. in that pond because that old pond was. You don't know what the hell was in there, but they built this little the ear infections. Yeah, this, infections? it's like a little. It's like yeah, it's, it's like a little bird bath. It's a pool. It's like a chlorine. Like a little bird bath. Yeah, exactly. That's what they jump into now. Yeah, it's like a bird bath. Yeah. So, all right. Well, hey, listen. We'll catch up on the other sports later. Um, Todd, I believe I saw Sunderland won again. Is that right? Oh, yeah, they're uh, they got games in hand, and they're 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 teetering on automatic promotion, but there's still many games to be had. So yeah, right. they're they're doing well. I think they play. I want to say tomorrow or Wednesday. I'll uh, I'll shoot you boys a text. Cool, cool. Hey, one more update. I forgot to share when I shared my weekend. Um, I have not won any tennis matches in over 25 years. <laughs> so, Todd, you so, are doing better better than me. Yes. Oh hey, yeah, hey. and it's not all about winning. We we talk, but hey, um, uh, Bill, real quick, uh, soccer note: the U.S. fails to qualify for the Olympics again. Oh, oh, I thought they. I, th- no. I thought I saw they won. No, they said fa- oh. it was a to qualify, so they failed to qualify. So they did not qualify for the 2016 Olympics, the 2018 World Cup, and now the 2020 Olympics because we're retro uh, yeah. active for here. So you have a guy like Christian Pulisic who is at 22 is starting to get old, right? For soccer. Right. <laughs> Last four years, he's missed out on three tournaments. It's he's fine. Um, he'll make the world. Hopefully they make the world cup. Knock on wood. Plays for Chelsea, right? Yeah. He, he plays in England. He's making a good living, but gosh, you kind of feel for him. Like he's mm, on these sure. world events. Right. So anyway, Bill, sorry. Wow. Yeah, that's, Bill, that's, you uh, want to jump in on something? I, I just want to say this, that, um, um, great story about, uh, tennis a buddy of mine john biorley who i've talked about as a golfer told me uh that that um he he found out that all you had to do to become a professional tennis player is just declare yourself as a professional so he declared himself as a professional at the age of 24 he's been a professional ever since so when people ask <laughs> because you just just declare yourself as professional and you're good <laughs> go ahead todd do so it. I, awesome. I have an old, I have an old, uh, high school buddy, literally haven't talked to him since high school, um, maybe college a little bit, but he went to Duke really smart, 
John Dar. So he, I'm sorry. Is it John Dar? No, no, uh, no, no, no. Uh, you don't know him, but long story short, he wrote a letter his senior year to David Stern declaring himself for the, right. <laughs> and he was an awful high school player, but played intramurals at Duke. And he, he, you know, dear David day Stern. And I just, again, I thought that was brilliant, right. Just brilliant. Just, yeah. I, I love that. I love that. I love that <laughs> thought process. Just I'm, I'm going to be pro. That's all available. Anyone wants and he's like, sorry, go ahead. I'll make myself available. That's great. Um, yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's wrap it up boys and, and watch the rest of the, uh, the teams try and make their way to, Hey, they're going to Indianapolis after being in Indianapolis. Hey, oh, the road to Indianapolis. Yeah. Okay. By the way, uh, we'll talk major league baseball next show and we'll kind of do our yeah. preseason predictions as we wrap up and, and get ready for the, for the championship game. So let's go around the horn and find out what you guys got going on. Mal, what's up on your schedule this week? Well, we're uh, going to be packing up our kitchen. Demolition will probably start right after Easter. So uh, Colin and uh, my nephew, PJ, uh, and Clarissa and uh, Gregory and the lovely Sophia will be over here. We're going to throw down a serious Easter dinner. Uh which was always mom's, that was mom's favorite holiday, bar none. That was mm. family, food, and faith all rolled into like one one event. And that was just like the best thing for her. So we're going to, we're going to make mom's lasagna and bake up a ham. And we're just going to dirty up our old kitchen for the last time before they rip it apart. And, uh, Besides that, Sean, as always, I'm just going to get up, show up, and do the work, show a lot of houses, and uh, try to create a couple of strategies that get a few of our buyers into some houses. We have a new listing coming on uh, in in a week. Uh, we plan on putting it live on Friday, do uh, showing Saturday and Sunday, and we expect to have it sold probably before the weekend's over. Nice. That's how, that's how quick it'll go. Uh, Todd, what about you, buddy? What do you got on tap for the week? Oh, man. So, Mal, you mentioned um, Easter to those uh, this last weekend celebrating Passover. Um, it's the season, right? It's uh, it's a, a great holiday time of year. Um, excited. I got my first vaccine last Thursday. Got my second appointment scheduled. So travel. Um, I see the light at the end of the tunnel a little bit as far as more business travel and hopefully more personal fun travel. Um, Braves open up at Philadelphia on Thursday. Can't wait. And finally, I'm sitting here coming. We have come full circle. I got the Houston Oregon State game on. And number three for Houston is wearing short shorts. So I remember when John Stockton, right, was dominating the pros. And then we had the Fab Five for Michigan change everything. Uh, wearing up below the knees, and now um, I'm seeing a lot more short shorts. There's a kid from Michigan that wears his long shorts, but he tucks them up into his runners underneath. Did you see that? Yeah. So he, he basically yet, makes look, his yeah. long shorts short shorts. Um, yeah, yeah. So you you live long enough, I guess it, it comes full circle. And um, showing our old uh, our old friend, not old friend, I'm sorry, our friend uh, Susan Bernstein mentioned on Twitter today. Um, I can't believe Juwan Howard is coaching Michigan. I remember him as the starting center for the Fab Five, and it's it's just <laughs> so um, all good, man. Looking forward to uh, to grinding it out this week, and 
again, watching this tournament and uh, baseball opening up. That's the great thing about this tournament is, you know, none of us have a dog in the fight, so to speak, but we're all going to watch it because we're sports fans. And we love the moment, the story and the, and the, you know, who's going to be the star and who's going to, you know, who's going to make the shot. Bill, how about you, bud? What's going on? Hey, uh, this one week? more thing. Uh, sorry. One more thing talk. real quick. Um, Atlanta announced for the all-star game. They're expecting a hundred percent capacity. So there is a light at the end of the sports tunnel of having fat fans back. So let's hope nice. that that happens. Right. Cool. Uh, let's see. This week on the Real Estate Sessions podcast, we have uh, Tammy Bunnell, the CEO of Exit Realty uh, International Corporation or Corporation International. Really interesting woman. She's she's from New England. Got that great New England accent. Is <laughs> like, and and uh, she tells a story relatively early in the podcast that involves the Grateful Dead. That's all. I'm hey. telling you. That's all I'm telling you. Listen tomorrow. <laughs> I'm on. I can't wait. I'm on. <clears throat> it's it's a uh, well. I'm not saying anything else. Uh, so that's coming up. And uh, other than that, uh, there'll be another ranting and raving on Friday. Um, Anthony's Mal, question. Mal was your last caller, right? I think Mal was your last, last voicemail that we played yeah. for Joe. So, and I've uh, got a great story. My I got a great question. Man, I just got to find a way to phrase it so that it comes out the right way. All right. You can always, uh, if you know, if you don't like your first recording on the voicemail, just tell me not to use this one. There's another one coming and uh, okay. I'll make, I'll make sure it gets in the rotation. We've got half a dozen call or uh, questions called in now. So it's fun to kind of rotate them up and and have Joe do me, his thing. So let me know when you want a non-real estate take. Any time. I'm serious. Sports, <laughs> especially because the guy's a diehard Yankee fan. And I just think something like, you know, 13 or 14 years since a world series seems like a lot for the greatest team ever. I mean, what's up? <laughs> that'd, probably, that'd probably get them, get them going. So uh, that's what's going on. Sean, how about you? Uh, listen, I get a chance to jump on a plane on Wednesday, uh, early flight to actually fly East to go West, but heading down to Nashville to pick up the boy to uh, get him back for a couple of days with the family, uh, Riley comes home on Friday. So as you can guess, Rhonda is really excited. Her two babies coming back to the nest, uh, even though it's just for a couple of days. And we're already now got the big board up, the, the, the dry erase board and the kitchen guys figuring out when's Riley coming home. When's Ryan coming home? How do I get Ryan out to Oklahoma city for his internship? How do I get back in time to get down to Riley's graduation? Um, <laughs> so a lot of moving parts over the next few weeks. Uh, real estate market continues to be crazy here in Columbus. Um, but, uh, I've had some good luck, uh, you know, got my clients in contract, got my, uh, listing in contract with the first person that showed it. Now it still boils down to relationships. Who do you know on the other side? How well do you know them? How transparent can you be to make the right decisions on behalf of your clients? Um, so I'm hoping that that comes to fruition with some other buyers I'm working with showing houses tomorrow. Uh, and I know one of the agents on the other side. So fingers crossed. That's the, that's the house. So, um, good week ahead. And I'm looking forward to, uh, to just more sunshine coming, more flowers coming out. And we're a week away guys from talking major league baseball, talking masters, uh, always fun on behalf of Mal, Todd and Bill. I'm Sean Carpenter. And thanks for listening to the stare down.